Why don't you like this? I'm Seb. And I'm Molly. And this is our podcast. When we first met, we thought we were basically the same person, united by our love of Rex Orange County and catchphrase and nightmare tenants, slum landlords and Oliver Jeffers. But four years in, we've realised that we have just as many differences. And that's what this podcast normally is, except this time we're doing things a bit different. Normally we'd choose a topic, go in depth as to why one of us likes it, the other doesn't. But we figured we'd been away for a while. We're just going to sort of go over a couple of topics that maybe we don't have as divided opinions on, but just things that we would normally have talked about in the time we've been away. And I suppose, to an extent, ask each other. Why don't you like this? So we're back, at least for the time being. While we're stuck in the house with nothing else to do. It's been about half a year, I think, since we last recorded. And quite a lot has happened in that time. Um, So we've got a bunch of things we're going to talk about. We're going to sort of split them into um, our usual sort of media analysis type things. And then just sort of general life things, starting with the fact that um, we moved house. Yeah, so we're not in our stinky, mouldy flat anymore that has no heating and no double glazing. So you're no longer hearing this from above causeway head. You're now hearing this in the studio, as we started referring to it, which is really just two desks, a sofa and a shelving unit. But it's where Seb does his work. Yeah, um, I, I like it. I like having this space. It's a much nicer house than we were in before. Even though I think, looking back on things, you can see, oh, well, you know, it's really mouldy and there wasn't any double glazing and you think oh it must be such an awful place to live but it wasn't too bad for us like I do miss it and I think when you're in it you don't notice problems but I think one of the main things was I'd be sat on a day off at home and like I'd have a duvet on and a huggle and you could see my breath because it was so cold in the flat do you think the cold was your main reason for wanting to move? I think when you tell people about the cold and people say you do realise being in a cold place isn't good for your health, I think that made me think, well, if it's not good for our health, then it's definitely not good for Maurice's health. Yeah, I mean, personally, I never really thought about the cold that much. I mean, we've got a lot of jumpers. We sit on the sofa but still, it was, it was bitter. Yeah, it would be, especially in the winter. Um, I think, for me, the biggest thing is... Um, just the amount of more space that we have. We've got so much space for storage, got enough space that I have a room to do my things in. Our bedroom's huge. And we've got a garden for Maurice. It's a small garden, but it's nice. It's changed quite a lot. I'd say our relationship as a couple, going from having a flat and having to a house, like I feel like things have kind of, you know, we took the step to, you know, we're still renting a, renting a house, we're not bought it, but gone through a bigger step in our we're moving up in the world moving up in the world also one of the major things that we've kind of arranged now as well after being engaged for like a solid three years we are actually getting married this year hopefully hopefully yeah that's not married at some point that's married with a date that's i guess most of the people listening to this are going to be our friends anyway and probably invited yeah, so I guess if you are invited, nice one. If you're not, just ignore just the facts. We haven't said any date. Um, which also brings us on to the main reason we're doing this podcast now. 
we have thought of resurfacing the podcast quite a few times but obviously you know in December I think we last recorded in November in December it was Seb's birthday and we went to New York and like that was the main thing for that month oh yeah that's a quick aside actually that we hadn't planned on talking about but what are your thoughts on New York because I know you don't like it as much as I do having been there I'd say it's hard because I think people make out that New York is different of a city than like London and I think it kind of is but I also think you know you could probably go to like the more urban areas of London and it'd be quite similar. Yeah I think people make out this sort of magical fairyland and I guess if you're rich and running around Manhattan it probably is but if you're two people in their early to mid-twenties with a budget, hanging out in Brooklyn, getting the tube everywhere, it's not a magical place. No, and so we did it via an Airbnb, and the way the Airbnb was like listed made it seem like... It was a flat share, pretty much. You had a room in a flat. Yeah. But the way they listed it online was you won't meet the people that own the flat you'll just be, like, sharing with other people who are just tourists. Yeah. So I thought, that's good because, like, tourists aren't going to be spending loads of time in the flat. But it actually turned out that the guy who was renting out the thing, he was just renting out, like, spare bedrooms in his flat. So, like, you'd come back, and obviously we were out from, like, 9 o'clock in the morning to, like, 10 o'clock at night. And, like, sometimes you just want to kind of chill out watching TV... Whereas these people who, I'm sure one of them must have been unemployed. Because he was in there all the time. Yeah. yeah, Like, we'd come back in the middle of the day and he'd just be, like, playing on the PlayStation, which was, like, right next to our room. So we'd have to walk past him to, like, even get into the room. New York itself was, like, okay. Um, We went at Christmas time, so, like, obviously there was the Christmas tree and, like, ice skating. Which we didn't actually do ice skating. What are three things you liked about New York? Um, I liked Chelsea Market. Yeah. I liked the high rise. Yeah. Central Park was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not worth the hype. It's just a bit weird, isn't it? Because it's like people say, oh, you know, you're going from like metropolis or these big buildings and then you go into the middle of Central Park and it's quiet and you feel like you've been transported. But then like... As soon as I walked into Central Park, it didn't feel like I was transported. No, because you can still see the buildings. You can see the buildings. There's about 50 people by the front entrance trying to offer you bicycle rides. Yeah. Which is just, like, really annoying. Like, trying to haggle you for bicycle rides. Oh, here's a map of Central Park. Here's a map of Central Park. Just, like, leave me be. Yeah. I just want to walk around. And it's fucking huge. It's so big that you can't even look around the whole thing. What, New York or Central Park? Both, but like Central Park, one of my friends Imogen was like, oh, have you seen the Alice in Wonderland statues or whatever it was? I said, mate, we literally walked for about half an hour and we didn't hit anything. Like nothing big was there. It was just like a huge Morag Gardens. Like, it is nice. I prefer Moorag Gardens to Central Park, if I'm honest. Yeah, although that's got sentimental value. No, but even before that. I suppose. Um, I also like Chelsea Market a lot. I think that was my favourite thing that we did. I think that was the most not really touristy thing that we, like, 
wanted to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it most is touristy. Are tourists, but... but do you know what I mean? Like, it's. I guess for me, like, I like. We both like food. Yeah. But I've got an interest in food. Yeah. And being somewhere like that, which I thought I would get in Chinatown, but not even being like racist or anything, Chinatown felt very dingy. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess if you've it's got a so place many... where a lot of immigrants are going to come in with low amounts of money, it's not going to be a place that's you know, pleasant for tourists to walk around. But it wasn't even that. Like, I've seen videos of people going into Chinatown. I think we just went into the wrong one. Maybe. I think you've got to go into, like, Flushing Chinatown to get, like, the good stuff. But we went to the one that's by Little Italy, was it? Yeah. And literally, for, like, streets and streets, all it was was tacky tourist shops. Like selling six t-shirts for ten dollars, which, which we did do. We did take advantage of that, and I did get a Trump make Make America Great Again Trump hat, hat which I think I actually should have bought more of because that is actually quite a. Yeah, I mean it's a weird one because it's not like you're gonna wear it out in public. No, but it's having it's having something where like it's so iconic, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like an iconic thing to have. What do you think? My favorite thing. I mean, aside from. Chelsea Market was something that I ate. Oh, yeah, Seb would not stop getting these chopped cheese sandwiches. Chopped cheese is the best. I, I thought that Philly cheese was where it's at, which it is. I love a Philly cheese. I'd say it's in my top ten foods of all time. But chopped cheese is a whole other beast. It's greasy. I accidentally ordered two of them because the guy was asking what salad. I, want. I didn't want tomato. I said, no tomato, but I think he must have thought I said no two so i walked away with two chopped cheese sandwiches um ate one of them while i was walking back to the flat while molly was asleep and then saved the rest for later did you try any of it i can't remember no for some reason the place we were staying in had cats and i don't know how they managed to sneak into the room like every time and i heard this rustling at like 3 a.m in the morning wasn't it it was like i was like what the hell is that noise like metallic scraping. The fucking cat had ripped the chopped cheese off the side and had eaten half of it under the bed. <laughs> and this wasn't even like the only thing he ate. He like tried to eat Seb's crack pie. Which isn't a pie made of crack cocaine, just to clarify. What is what is crack pie? I think I, it's, it was delicious, but I can't remember what was in it. So it's like there's From a milk ba- bar. Yeah, there's a bakery called Milk Bar. And I think They've got some some connection to David Chang and I think they were having a family dinner or something. Like, you know, when they have it before the restaurant oh, yeah. opens. And um, I don't mean they had anything in the cupboards, really. And this the woman who runs Milk Bar made this pie. I don't actually know what's in it. It tastes like maybe like powdered sugar, caramel. It's weird. It was delicious. It's got a really weird texture. But she made that and then for some reason that's just gone like... Which I think rightly so, because we had the ice cream, the oh, cornflake. Oh yeah, the cereal ice cream. Yeah, the cereal ice cream, and that was nowhere near as nice. It, it tasted like, taste like spoiled milk. It tastes like, if you imagine what ice cream made of cereal milk tastes like, it's exactly what you would imagine, but not in a way that's actually nice. No, it's like the worst part of it. It's so, it just tastes spoiled, doesn't it? Yeah, you take a, it's bitter, you take a spoonful, like, you kind of think, oh, that's nice, and you take another one and is it? No, it's horrible. But yeah, I think the only thing I would say about Seb's love for chopped cheeses, 
you are in the place to get a chopped cheese. Yeah. Whereas we've never been to Philly, that's where you're meant to get a Philly cheesesteak. It's like it's in the name. I suppose, but Do you know what I mean? Like that's like going to like Italy and not trying pizzas. Yeah, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? It's different to a New York pizza going to Italy and having it. Um, what were we talking about? I think you were about to, in a roundabout way, get back to Corona as to why we're recording now. Yeah, so something weird. We we went on holiday like... Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago to Wales and to see my, to see my nine. And we were kind of there and shit started happening. Like, it was hard because we were in somewhere and we didn't know... Yeah, it we was so hard. Relying on the news. Relying on the news, but in a different place, like in a place that's eight hours away. Yeah. So you're kind of like, so like schools were closing in Wales. They had announced this like halfway through the week that we had gone that they were going to close the schools in Wales, but they didn't say England yet. And then like later on, we did find out that the ones in England were closed as well. It's weird, because like, it was all unfolding. It felt like it was unfolding in Wales quicker than it was down here. Like, the schools closed first, and then... The shops were empty. The shops were literally... You couldn't get toilet roll, you couldn't get anything. Um, at one point, it seemed like they had like gotten all the toilet roll that they got delivered and like opened the plastic packaging, like whatever, Andrex or whatever, Yeah. and actually taken the toilet rolls out of that and they were only allowing one person, one roll per, per person, which obviously down here, that doesn't happen. Like, yeah. you can buy an 18-pack, just only one yeah. pack of that. But, I mean, to sort of contrast, I would imagine most people listening won't have been to Barmouth. Penzance is relatively small. I'd say as a town, I'd say it's medium. Barmouth, in comparison to Penzance, is very small. So... My nine was saying there's about two and a half thousand people that live in Barmouth or something. Which is about 10% of the population of Penzance. And say there's like 20,000 people that live in Penzance. Yeah, 20, about. 21 I think is what I've read. So it is a smaller town and they don't really have, they have like a, a very small Iceland. The co-op is their main shop and then it's like half an hour to get to like Aldi's and Lidl's. It was really weird because we were on holiday, so we didn't want to really pay attention to the work group chat, which we have. Yeah. Because you're on holiday, you don't want to be checking work all the time. But, like, obviously, we both work in, like, the same chain, and, like, stuff was unfolding. Other chains were closing before our chain was closing. So, obviously, like, it was re- it was, it was annoying because it didn't really feel like we had much of a holiday, to be honest. Yeah, it kind of felt like that was every conversation that was going around was corona, everything's closing, what's, what are we going to do? It was on the group chat as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, we were given, like, the option to, like, self-isolate and get a portion of what we'd usually get paid or whatever. But, like, obviously, we didn't know what it was like down here. So we were up in Wales and, like, shit was going crazy in Wales. Like, my nine was prepping. And then I think the problem is, and people are probably going to be, like, trying to get me stopped. Because the thing is, when other people are prepping, and these are people who, like, you care about, it does stress you out to a point where, like, you think, oh, shit, well, I didn't have any of that. So then you start prepping, and obviously they don't want people to start prepping, but, like, my nine was going, you've got to start prepping, you've got to start prepping. 
what if you go to the shops? What if they close the shops? And then I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, I'm really stressed out. Yeah. So I ended up, like, we didn't really prep, though, because a lot of it was just snacks. Yeah, we did get a lot of snacks, but that's about it. We got, like, a little bit of toilet roll, some, like, long-life milk, which we figured out anyway that it makes more sense for us to get long-life milk because we just don't use Yeah, we use it for milk. tea. I don't know, we've been eating more cereal than normal. Yeah, we have been. Especially since we have breakfast together every day. Yeah, I think that's the difference though, isn't it? Yeah. But it's pretty mental. Like, I don't know, it just kind of all hit at once. Yeah, it was weird. I kept saying it's going to blow over two weeks, everything will be back to normal. That's what I said as well. And even when you were starting to get stressed going, well, maybe it's not. I was going, two weeks, two weeks, it'll be fine. And... Now I'm, now I reckon it's going to be... I feel like a bit of an idiot. Yeah, I think... It sounds bad. I don't think it's as serious as they make out it is. Yeah. Because I think the flu, even though people are saying, don't compare it to the flu, like, that's the most comparison thing, is the flu. I don't think it's as serious as people are making out. I think the f- fact that they've played in towards this, like, scaremongering almost. Yeah. Like, the government has... Everyone is actually scared. Do you know what I mean? Like, if they kind of tried to combat it, I don't know. It's weird because I don't really buy into stuff like that usually. Yeah. I usually think it's all, oh, you know, it's just a ploy to, for the government to make more money or whatever. But it's pretty crazy. I, I thought it'd blow over within a week when we were first hearing about it. I thought, oh, you know, it's not going to come here. And now I'm thinking, I reckon once this isolation period's up in like a week's time or whatever, I reckon they'll extend it. Yeah, probably. Um, We talked about this earlier when we were in Wales, but I guess the situation's changed a bit. And you think this is going to be more impactful on pop culture than 9-11 was? I think in terms of British pop culture... I've never known anything like this. Yeah. It's really weird. I think the biggest thing is that now going forwards we'll have this hang over our heads that something like this can happen because none of us would have thought it would. And maybe that will shape the way that we look at the world and I guess that will trickle down into our culture and the things that we consume. But it's a weird one. It's, It's been a weird time. But I think that kind of brings us to why we're recording again now is that we no longer are at work for the time being. It's been about two weeks now. Yeah, so we we're came back. Paid. Yeah, we're getting paid. So we came back from Wales. We had a delivery on the Monday, and I think we found out that we were closing on like the Friday. Yeah. Or the Saturday or something, wasn't it? Was it or was it the Monday we were uh, closing? No, it was Monday that we found out. It, ah. I, I found out before you did because I was already awake. You called me in as soon as you woke up, and you'd seen the message. Yeah, so it was on the Monday, and then Tuesday we had a food delivery. This was, like, prior to the thing. I, we were quite lucky to get a slot. Well, to be fair, I got the slot about three weeks before. Yeah. So it wasn't even like I was stocking up. I just, I find that where we are, it's just easier for us to get online shops because I'm so... When I go to the shops, I'm so... Yeah, you're a bit impulsive. I just buy, like, everything. So we try and get an online shop, but I luckily was able to get one. Well, I don't think people were properly panic buying then. Yeah, it just happened to be that you... Bought one and then... Yeah. And then, obviously, now everything... Everyone's going mental with thing. But it's just... It's just a crazy time. 
Um, so obviously we've been spending a lot of time indoors. Um, and because we spend all day indoors now, we've been walking around a lot. That leaves a lot more dust on the floor, which leads to us sweeping, which leads to you noticing a lot of wood lice. Yeah, for some reason, we've been getting loads of wood lice in the house. And you feel quite strongly about wood lice. Wood lice are literally the worst thing ever. I'd say, you know, mass murderers are below wood lice in their pecking chain. I hate, I'd rather a paedophile than a woodlouse in some some respects. You'd rather paedophiles wandering into the house than woodlice. Yeah, because then I could be like, fuck off. Whereas with woodlice, yeah, I, you know, as long as they were locked up or whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Like, they can live, these paedophiles can live if they're in, you know, jail. Yeah. Woodlice can't go to jail, can they? No, they can't. So exactly my point, they are fucking horrible creatures. Um, what, I, I what hate is it, them. What is it about them you don't like? Because I really don't understand. I, I think they're fine. I think it's their scaly back. Yeah, but they look like one of those giant. What are they? Like a cockroach. Like a cockroach almost. But smaller. Yeah. I don't oh. know. I, as someone that makes a lot of the decisions in their life based on texture, they don't bother me because they don't really have a texture to them. They're not like slugs. Yeah, you don't like slugs. slugs I would. Are I would happily kiss a slug. To stop woodlice coming into my home, I do whatever it takes to that slug to get these woodlice out. I'm just saying they're coming in, and like you know when you're you've got like a blanket on your legs, and I can see one. I'm thinking, oh my god, if it crawls on this blanket, it will literally be sleeping with me. Yeah. And then it could crawl up my nose. Then it could maybe go in my ears or my mouth, even my bum hole. I mean, it's a possibility. It's horrible. They are horrible. But my stepmom said, oh, you know, check for anything. But there is a little gap in the front yeah, of our house. we've identified where they're coming from. But I sprayed some, like, Bleach. kitchen cleaner in there. So hopefully all the wood lice are dead now. Also, while we're not at work, something that work has introduced, which I managed... I think you managed to bring loads back yeah. one time. Yeah. Um, to- do they know where we work on the podcast? Has it been said before? No. Or do we just keep it... Yeah, let's keep it under wraps, I oh, reckon. Right. So, a chain of coffee shop has brought in chicken and bacon paninis. Pulled chicken and bacon paninis. And there was one where a customer ordered it, but they didn't want it... They didn't want it because it had bacon in it. They'd ordered it round drive through and then when they got to the window, they said, oh, has the pulled chicken and bacon got bacon in it? And I go, yes. She goes, oh, I don't want that then. I was like, you do realise I put it into toast? Anyway, I was just like, whatever. So I took it out back, had a bite, and it was pretty decent. Because, like, obviously it's just food that's going to go to waste. So if they haven't touched it, like, through a drive through they can't. They haven't touched it, so what's the problem, really? Yeah. All has to be written down as well. So I I think I cut into three and me and a few co-workers had it. And I thought, you know, this is all right. But Seb brought some home. And because they were, like, going... I think they were going out that day or something, weren't they? Yeah, they've not been very popular with customers. No. And he brought back loads. But obviously, sometimes we don't have so much space in our freezer... So I think what had happened is we'd put a few in the freezer, some in the fridge. Yeah. And then, like, at a later date, we put, like, only a few days after, put those ones into the freezer. But something like 
I don't know. I think it was the they've got like mustard or something in them. But Sank, me and Seb both had one like last week or something for lunch. Yeah, a couple of days ago. Not a couple of days well, ago, about this week. Yeah. And for some reason, I could really taste the fact that it had like spinach and mustard in it, and I really didn't like it. But you think you're onto a winner there? Yeah, I. I'd say as far as sandwiches from our place of work go, it's up there. Um, it needs to be sort of spruced up a bit, but a bit of sriracha in there. Today I had it with sriracha and a bit of barbecue sauce. No, that was a different opinion. That was brie and bacon. Yeah, that was brie and bacon. But sriracha mayo I put in, slather a bit of butter over the top, a bit of pepper. It's actually a good life hack for anyone who orders sandwiches from their, from their local coffee shop that then need to be heated up. Invest in a toasty maker the ones that you just press down because you can cook those at home and they taste even better. Yeah, I think they brought in, with our chain anyway, they had heating instructions, they're heating it at home now on the back of some of the paninis and toasties. Yeah. But I'd say even better one step up, if you had one of those panini presses, that would be like, or George Foreman, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? The trick is a bit of butter over the top as well. Bit of cracked pepper as well. Yeah. Okay, so... So I think maybe we take a break there because we're then going to sort of transition on to talking about... Stuff. Yeah, stuff. Things we've been watching, listening to, etc. Um, one of your favourite albums, I think, of all time is yeah. Rainbow by Kesha. Yeah, so Kesha, she kind of teased some songs, I think, a while ago, didn't she? Yeah. You told me that she had released a new one. The one with Big Frieda, I think. Yeah, The Raising Hell. And to be fair, it's hard because at first like I, I thought her part in it was really good. Yeah. But then I was like, you know, it's a bit... The other part, Big Frieda or whatever, felt really unnecessary. Like it didn't feel like it made the song better. Yeah. And then so I just kind of thing, just kind of put it aside... And then she obviously released an album. And to be fair on her, it's a pretty good album. Like You don't like it as much as Rainbow? No, but I think there's songs on there that do stand out. Yeah? What are a couple of your favourites off the top of your head? Oh, God. I do like Raising Hell. Yeah? Oh, I can't even remember any of the titles to them. You've made like a little mini playlist of the ones you like. Yeah, I've made like, I think it's like five or six songs. Long. Yeah. A Shadow. Um... Best Friends. Best Friends, yeah. There's a few songs, like, half the album, I think, is pretty good. Yeah. Are you Uh, disappointed by the album? Not really, because I think with Kesha, she's always been a bit, I'd say a bit temperamental. Yeah. Is how I'd describe her music. Like, I feel like there's a few songs that stand out as being really good. Yeah. A few songs that stand out as being, like, really a bit trashy. But the whole of Rainbow, pretty much. The whole of, mm, I don't know. There any songs Some of them were like? a little bit kinky boots or whatever. Uh, nothing but your boots? Oh, no, yeah, no, that's alright, actually. Kinky on this new album I really don't like. Do you think she could have made another serious album like Rainbow? Uh, I don't know, because I feel like it probably wasn't as popular as people thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think... I think only... that's probably what's pushed her away from that. I think probably the only lasting memory people have of that is praying. Yeah, and I feel like... I don't know. It's the same with Miley Cyrus, though. Like, yeah, the She Is Coming EP was. There's about one song on there that was actually alright. Which one? The Cash Rules, everything around. Yeah, dr- drugs rolled everything. everything around me. Yeah, that one was alright. 
mother's daughter was like okay i don't know i feel like i do like miley cyrus but i feel like saying about her now it's like actually quite uncool yeah like being this massive druggie is a bit i don't i'm not gonna lie i don't particularly like people who do drugs anyway and the fact that she does drugs kind of puts me off a bit. Like, you created a really good album, but now all you're singing about is drugs. I mean, Kesha sings about doing drugs as well. But that's kind of like what Kesha's image has been from the start. Yeah, I suppose. You know, whereas Miley Cyrus, she wasn't like that from the start. So you think, oh, you know, she was a really good country musician. And then you think, you know, she was once a really good country musician. She could go back there. Whereas Kesha, you kind of like... And the thing is, shit's happened to Kesha. Yeah. Shit hasn't happened to Miley Cyrus that I know of. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's hard because obviously I shouldn't be like, well, because Kesha had this horrible thing happen to her, it gives her a pass. It doesn't give her a pass, but like, the music she's making is much more interesting than the music Miley Cyrus is making now. Um, so here's my hot take on the album. I think, although obviously I don't like it as much as Rainbow... I do respect her for making the album because I think it reclaims her past music as not just a product of Dr. Luke, yeah. showing that that was music that she also likes wanted. and cares about and wants to make, and that because of a lot of that has come back on this new album, it shows that that side of her isn't something that she wants to be ashamed of. So I feel like I respect it because it seems like it's the album that she wanted to make on her own terms. Mm. And there are some songs on it that I like. I think there are some genuinely, like out there moments i like the one we listened to earlier where it's kind of just like a spoken monologue during the main bit oh yeah i don't know what it's called but it kind of reminds me of the sweater song by weezer hi seb here with editor's note recording about half past 12 so i'm being fairly quiet so as not to wake up molly the title of the song from the kesha record was called honey i compared it to the sweater song i think it comes down to the sort of low-key instrumentation that kind of just walks along as if it's having a conversation. Paired that, obviously, with Kesha's conversational tone. Um, I don't know, I think there's a, a comparison to be made there. And I quite like the Potato song as well. Oh, I don't like that one. No, I don't like that. I don't know. Uh, that one's got something to it. Overall, I think... I can see it as one where there's a handful of songs that we're going to listen to a lot and a lot of songs that we'll only ever listen to if it's a long car drive. Yeah, to be fair, that is the album I listen to in the car. Yeah. I if, literally... The sort of redux version of it. Yeah, my literally, whatever, five, six songs on my little playlist that I made thing. I think the main thing is, because my drive to work so short, like I can put the full album on. But like, if I get if I'm driving to work and it starts and or it's like a song that I don't like, that's my whole car journey to work. Like on a song that I don't really want to listen to. Yeah. But I do listen to it like probably for about a month, wasn't it? When I was driving to work, I reckon I yeah. was listening to it straight. Do you think you'll still be listening to the album next year? I reckon so. Um, overall, out of ten, what do you think the album is? Um, I'd say it's hard to rate it as a full album. Yeah. Because I like half the songs on it. So I'd say the songs on it that I like, I'd give it like an 8.59. Yeah. But then the songs that I don't like, I'd give it like a 7. So what's that average out to like a strong 7? Like a strong 7, I reckon. Yeah. I think I'd give it the album a light 7. I think 
a lot of it isn't necessarily to my taste, but I respect where it's coming from. And I think even the songs that I'm not really that into, they're kind of fun. Like the B I T C H. It's kind of a trashy song, but it it gets us pumped in the car. Yeah, I think she's doing things from a more earnest point of view than uh, Miley Cyrus is. I'd say Miley Cyrus has quite disappointed me as an artist. Yeah. Do you think Miley will ever go back? I don't think she'll go back now. I don't think the success was enough for yeah. her. I think if it had been really successful, maybe. But it's a shame because it was a that was honestly one of the best albums, wasn't it? Which one? Um, what's it called? Younger now. Younger now. Would you say that's one of your favorite albums of all time? Still. Yeah, I'd say it's it's up there. But I feel like it's hard to um, judge a music solely on the music sometimes. Yeah. When you hear all these stories about Miley Cyrus and you're thinking, yeah, it's you don't hard seem to like a cool person. Miley Cyrus celebrity personality for a Miley Cyrus country musician. Yeah. The thing is, I like the Cyruses. Like, her dad seems like a good, well-up yeah. guy. And Noah Cyrus is, like, a cool girl. I'd say Noah Cyrus has actually proven herself to be a lot cooler than Miley Cyrus, if that makes sense. Yeah. She doesn't seem as ridiculous as Miley Cyrus. I don't know. Okay, moving on. I have a hot take that I've told you before, but we haven't had... A platform to express this. I genuinely believe that the 2010s, maybe even going forwards, we're living in a golden age of horror movies. I think that's proven by the fact that a film called The Invisible Man can be great. The Invisible Man was like legit a really good film. And um, if you just heard the title you'd say that sounds awful. And I think even going into it we thought it looks a bit silly. Yeah. Or it sounds a bit silly, the premise. But it was really good. The uh, Elizabeth, whatever her name is. From Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, she was good. She was good. I think it was well written, well directed. Suspenseful yeah. as well. And especially for a movie where it spent about 70% of it with the scary stuff not happening. And it's just a threat that... You it wasn't even scary though. Yeah, it's just tense. It's yeah, it's not even like because the premise of it, like, although he is an abusive partner or whatever, and like obviously that is scary to an extent. You, d- I don't feel like you're necessarily that scared by that. Yeah, it's like the suspense building. I think it's mainly done by the fact that like. It's it looks crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. It looks like a it looks like it's a film about a woman losing her mind. And in a sense, it's kind more of than is. a horror movie. It's a movie about sort of the the post traumatic stress that abusers go through. Yeah. Uh, not abusers, victims, victims of abuse. But I'd say definitely if you get the chance to like watch it online, or like. If you got the chance to see it in the cinema, I'd like to hear what you thought of it. Because I thought you were going to be coming out of the cinema with a very different view than what we actually did. So, I mean, do you agree with me, the idea that we're living in, like, a really great time for horror movies? Yeah, I'd say... This is weird, because we were watching a YouTuber, and the YouTuber said the best horror movies were in the 2000s. And, like, she was getting a lot of hate. Well, she said... I think the best era for Thing was the 2000s, which is totally her opinion. Well, I think she did phrase it as being a hot take. Yeah, 
But, like, I'm trying to think of horror movies that came out in the 2000s that were good. Aside from The Blair Witch Project. Or 13 Ghosts. Which I hadn't seen. Which is good. Yeah. I'd say the 2010s, though. Like, the stuff that Jordan Peele's putting out is quite good for... It's quite revolutionary, yeah. really, isn't it, for horror yeah, I think, kind of thing. I think there's that. There's Aaron Astor, who's made Hereditary and then now Midsummer. But he made both of those movies. Yeah, I'd say out of the two of them as well. Um, I liked Midsummer. Midsummer was better. Yeah, I think Midsummer was really good. I think it even makes you question what a horror movie is. Because there's nothing outwardly like scary. It's just the atmosphere of it. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? It's like suspenseful. Um, Do you think this can keep going? Is this age of great horror movies going to continue for a while, do you think? Or do you think it's going to have crested? So, it's hard because I'd say one of the main guys who did, who is like the main name of horror is James Wan, isn't he? Yeah. And I'd say like, he's done the Conjuring, Sinister and Insidious universes, Was he involved in Saw as well? And Saw. Yeah, and American Horror Story. And American Horror Story. So, I'm saying... It's hard because I'd say the beginning ones of all of those franchises were better towards the beginning of the yeah. thing. It's hard because like I feel like quite often now I feel, I would say I'd stick with you to the twenty tens being the best time for horror, but I'd say the whole decade wasn't the best for horror. Do you think it's kind of slumped already a bit? I think it kind of they were good like early 2010s yeah. and I'd say when they were making like Paranormal Paranormal 4 Paranormal 5 you know Annabelle Comes Home yeah that you know it. you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. they were getting to the end of all those franchises so I don't know whether they're going to off those franchises not continue making movies yeah and they'll come up with a, like a more original idea and then it will be a resurgence again yeah or whether... But, I mean, we've horror... got people like Jordan Peele... That's what I mean, and whether horror, whether horror is brought back by there being, like, a few directors who yeah. are putting out really good movies. Sort of is that enough? Yeah. Is that enough to boost the whole of horror up? Or is that enough just to say, you know, horror at the moment isn't great? Or is it enough to say that these filmmakers are great and they happen to be horror filmmakers? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Speaking of horror, um, we took out a free trial of Shudder. Yeah, so there was this film called Hounds of Love, which we saw, like, ages ago. Yeah, we saw trailers for it. We saw trailers for it, and, well, it was mainly me. I really wanted to watch it. You watch a lot more film trailers than I do, in general. Yeah. I used to to watch a lot of film trailers, just, like, subscribe to, like, the movie channels on YouTube. I don't really watch as many anymore. Yeah. I really wanted to watch this film, but obviously I don't think it was released. I think it's premium to Shudder, wasn't it? Yeah, it does say Shudder exclusive. I don't know whether that means they bought it out after it came out in cinemas and that was the only way you could watch it, or... Yeah, so we wanted to watch it. So we took out a free trial of Shudder, pretty much, mainly just to watch that. And it was really good. It was really, really good. I'd like... recommend it to anyone, even just take out the free trial just to watch that. Yeah, because, like, I don't know if you'd be able to buy it on DVD, but it is... It's a film that you think, it's it's constantly like horrible. Has you on edge, yeah, yeah, it's hot, and like you can't, 
you can kind of predict how it's going to end, but you can't really, like, it still tricks you with the way it ends. Like, you still think, what the hell? Yeah. But I'd say it's just a really good horror film. Um, but obviously, I down well, we downloaded it because we love watching horror films, or mainly I, I love watching horror films. Yeah. But we realised quite quickly that, like, the ones that we buy in CEX for 50p... Are about what, the same quality. About the same quality. We get about halfway through and we say, I actually can't finish this. This is so bad. Yeah, we watched two or three afterwards. We only got to the end of one of them. Was it The Room or Room? Yeah, The Room. And then we tried to watch Devil's Candy or something. Yeah, and that was mediocre. And it was like the same premise, pretty much, in the, both the movies. Yeah. Because we turned... We were watching The Devil's Candy because that's the one Seb wanted to watch on there. Yeah. And we were watching it, and we got about ten minutes through, and then we went onto the room. We just stopped watching. We went onto the room, but I think I wasn't like paying enough attention because I thought it was still the same film because it was like a really weird similar premise of like artists going mad on. Wasn't it? It was something weird. Like yeah, they had moved. They'd both moved into a brand new house, so I was. It was just confusing, but I'd say. You know, I don't know if I'd necessarily pay money for Shudder. No. It kind of makes itself out to be like Netflix, Amazon, Prime. But I'd say both those websites have more than enough good horror movies that you don't even need this app because it just is like originals. I mean, like, we have a download code for a 30-day free trial and I don't think I could even be bothered to do that. No, I can't. Because we, we literally went... We downloaded it one day and I think we watched everything yeah, that day, pretty much. Um, also, something that we... Well, something that I've been getting into... And I've kind of been forced into because I'm there. Yeah, because Seb's on his laptop doing whatever he's doing, illustration-wise. And obviously, like, I'm just sat watching YouTube. So I've started watching this YouTuber called, like... Loey Lane, is it? I think so. So she does, like... She does, like, horror-ish. Like, more paranormal. Yeah, kind of investigation. Kind of just retelling stories. Yeah, for some reason, like... Do you remember the app Hooked? That was huge a few years ago, where, like, people would write stories to keep you hooked. But, like, for some reason... I was click. I clicked on one of the things saying the scariest story, the baby in the basement or something, and I thought, oh shit! Like there's pictures of bloody towels, and yeah. I was thinking, oh shit, this is gonna be like murderer or something. It's fucking her just reading this story to us, and I'm pretty sure like the app would read it to us if she wanted it to, but she was actually like, she's like, no, I'm not gonna let it do that. I'm gonna read it myself. It was really weird. But I do quite like her ones where it's like, it's got like taglines like abandoned, abandoned carousel, got all of us on edge, absolutely ridiculous, unseen, you know, just to pull you in. But we've been watching her. See, this is why I don't know where we might have a different opinion on this, because those ones I don't enjoy. Because it you kind of have to hinge on the belief that this story is true, which it isn't. Well, this is the thing. So, I'm, I'm a bit lost, to be honest. Because I'd say the main thing that I don't believe in is ghosts. Yeah. 
But then we watched one of the other fr- one of her mates do like a um, tour around the Warrens like demon archive kind of thing. Yeah. And I was thinking, there must be some ghosts. Mm. Do you think is that enough to convince you? I feel like it's unfair to discredit their whole lives Maybe. working to just. I don't. I can't see myself believing in it. But then, like this lowy girl saying, "Oh my God! I heard a breath, and there was a smell of lemon cleaning fluid that just came in, wafted near me." And I'm thinking, I'm not being funny, love. Why has the ghost chosen you out of all peoples in the world to show themselves to? And why the fuck would it use cleaning products? So, do you like these videos? Um. I am interested. Because you've been watching them a lot over the past week. I think I'm more interested in watching them with Seb. Yeah. And when they're like, oh my God, the caution take around the abandoned abandoned carousel. It wasn't just flapping. It was being pushed and dragged. And they were going, yeah, but there's no wind. And then they go, oh yeah, there's a weird man who's just gone into the toilets. And a shadow person has followed them in. But it's kind of like those videos. I just enjoy watching for like how like kind of a similar dramatic to it is. what we get from the 50p CX movies. Yeah, where it's like, this is so ridiculous. I just... Like, we've been watching... We've been watching another YouTuber who does... I don't know what her name is. Oh, sort of the British one that does true crime videos. She does true crime videos. I'll edit the name in later. It's like... Elisa Nelson something. Seb again here with another note. Um, I believe the YouTuber's name was Eleanor Neal. But she is actually pretty good. Like she's just middle ground, isn't she? She's just yeah regurgitating facts that she's read. But like these are cases that I've never heard of. Like one girl's gone missing. Like you don't really hear about just one person gone missing. Uh, unless you're Madeleine McCann, but you know, yeah. it's not the biggest story. Yeah, it gets lost, doesn't it, in local news? So it's quite interesting. I think those ones are more interesting. I quite like Lowy Lane does these videos of like games that you can get where like like Sarah is missing or oh, a yeah. stranger found my phone. Which like when they download the app and like go through. Those are pretty interesting. Yeah, because those are almost like you're playing it yourself. You just yeah, like because I wouldn't ever download that on my phone because like it would freak me out too much. Yeah, but it's interesting watching someone go. She go, oh my god, I can hear breathing. I can hear breathing. Oh my god, I am so scared. My eye is watering. I'm just thinking, the hell are you? Why is your eye watering? You're reading through texts. Um, what's your relationship with true crime? Because I think especially before I knew you true crime was something you seem to be very into i mean even now we've kept most of the books that you had before i met you and you've got a bunch of them like top 10 serial killers the best serial killers in the world things of that nature yeah so i'd say as pretty much every a bit different 15 16 year old was especially when like american horror story is like a thing yeah i was just like super into serial killers not like in a way of like, oh, this serial killer is so beautiful. Just in a way of, it's interesting. Because, I mean, do you remember what you had listed as your job on Tinder? Oh, yeah, Ted Bundy's school for little midgets or something. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was midgets or something. Ted Bundy, School of Hobbits, or something. <laughs> um, and I mean, we do still watch and consume some true crime content together. Yeah. We watch the um, the biopic of Ted Bundy. We also watched a series about him. We've watched those kind of things from time to time. Um, is true crime ethical? Is it okay to sensationalise and make entertainment out of incidents where people, genuine people, have lost their lives and been tortured and gone through horrible things? But then you can say that with war. Should we be making war biopics? I mean, I guess, but... Should we be making documentaries about 9-11? I mean... Because it's kind of the same. I suppose, but true crime, in a way, is is very sensationalised. Yeah, I think if you can take it on face value that someone's, you know... A bad person, like I'm not gonna put it as if they're not a bad person. They've killed people, whatever. Yeah. I think the difference is it becomes a problem when there's someone who's easily influenced to thinking, well, they did this because of that. Yeah. Then you know I'm gonna do that. I think if you take it on face value, like you know people read about Vietnam and stuff. I'd say, I'd say I'm not even gonna lie. I feel less severity in it happening to one person than when you're reading about, like, the American soldiers that are going in and raping men, women, and, like, people in these Vietnamese villages, like... Yeah. Say, for example, this... The one we've been watching at the moment, the... We don't know her name. I've edited it earlier. And she tells stories about, like... The people that have gone missing or been abducted and things like that. Uh, is that not just exploiting their story for views? Um, I don't know though, because it's like it's good to have stories out there. Like I suppose it's good to put people's name out there. Like this has happened to these people, even if you don't want to like shun their name with the fact that they've been murdered like it has happened yeah like do you know what i mean it's ha- something that's happened in their life it's like huge isn't it really like you can't just talk about someone from that if they've been killed it's a bit weird to leave that detail out i suppose yeah and it's better to get like it out into the world so people can be disgusted rather than I suppose. I mean, I'm not, I mean? not definitively saying that I do think that true crime is unethical. I just wanted to put a question out there. I think some true crime is unethical. Yeah. Like, I was watching the Dark Tourist one, where they were talking about Jeffrey Dahmer, the Dark Tourist episode where they went around America and they were... Oh, these museums and things. Yeah. And the Jeffrey Dahmer one, where people had, like, pictures of, like, Jeffrey Dahmer saying... I love Dharma or whatever. Like, it's a bit fucking weird. Is that, is that the point where you think it becomes a bit disrespectful? Yeah, like, it's a bit weird. Yeah. And I think, I, to be fair, it's hard because, like, I probably was a bit, like, cringe like that when I was a yeah. teenager, but that was just because those are the people I was reading about. I was yeah. the same with band members. I know they haven't done horrible things, but... Yeah, you. <laughs> most of them haven't. Most, yeah, most of them, apart from the guy from Brand Who. <laughs> but, um... I think the problem is teenagers. They're in a, such a weird time in their lives. I think the problem where I probably noticed that I probably was too into it was when I kind of took them as a person away from their crimes, if that makes yeah. sense. 
And I think that is a problem. I think teenagers, it's hard, though, because, like, teenagers going through different emotions and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I think if you're an adult and you're, like, still doing that, it's a bit weird. Do you think teenagers are what's fueling this current interest in true crime? I think so. I reckon... The thing is, it's hard because, like, American Horror Story... Like, we're watching, like, a lot of the killers and stuff in that are based on real killers. Yeah. So there's people, like, saying, you know, when they were saying about Tate, Tate Langdon, like, yeah. he has raped a woman and shot up a school. Yeah, he's... He's not the handsome little... Yeah, he's not directly broken inspired boy. by... Or they call Dylan and Eric. But... Yeah, it's very similar, yeah. though, isn't it? But is it makes that okay? it weird. But it makes it's hard though, isn't it? It's okay to a normal person, but it's not okay for a person who's not I suppose fully yeah. there. Do you know what I mean? I don't know, it's hard. But then I guess it's like saying should they make children's shows because a paedophile could watch it and get off to it. Yeah, and then it's like should they make violent video games because that's gonna directly inspire people to go shoot up a school? It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. On that topic, do you think things like true crime and violent video games can be, I guess not blamed, but do you think those can play a role in those types of things? I think if someone's easily influenced, I think it doesn't help the case. Yeah. I think once people see that other people have gotten out into letting out that anger or pain into a different way, if you're in a lot of pain or anger, it's easy to, like think oh well this person did this it's the same with people like killing themselves isn't it this person i'm in a lot of pain this person killed themselves and it must have ended yeah so off myself but then it's like they see that as i'm in a lot of pain i don't like the people at school they're bullying me i should go shoot them all yeah to let them know what i'm feeling inside or whatever it doesn't give make it all right but it Put some background into the story. Like, not every person is just evil. Some people are just influenced by what they see. I don't know, it's hard. Um, It wasn't on our list, but since our last episode, we've watched a lot of American Horror Story. And that's something you'd watched a lot of before we were together. And we'd seen bits of it in the past. You said you like Asylum the most. Yeah, I like Asylum the most. What is it about Asylum that you like the most? I like the fact that it has quite a clear serial killer character. I'd say the bit about the aliens, though, is a bit strange. Yeah, that seems very out of character with anything else that's happened in the series. Or any of them. Yeah. I feel like they should have kind of separated them, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because I still... One thing I still don't understand is if Oliver Freshen, or whatever his name is, is responsible for the murders of, like, these women skinning them alive or whatever, how are the aliens taking them? Yeah, I don't know why there were aliens in that series at all. Yeah, like, are the aliens just taking people related to um, Kit's character? Or are they doing this to other people? Has Oliver Freshen killed these people? Or, you know what I mean? I think... Because they said it was... They were both found skinned alive. And they said, oh, you know, it's the work of bloody face or whatever. And that's why Kit was in trouble. I think it that make was sense. the series that I struggled to follow the most. I found that quite a difficult series to really get your head around. Um, how would you rank the series? Um, what ones have you got then? Um, I guess out of all of them, let's say starting from the top, your favourite's Asylum. Yeah. What comes next? Uh, maybe Murder House. Yeah, then what? Um, and then, what was the one with the cults? 
Cult. Cult. Yeah, and then I'd put Coven. Then I'd put Apocalypse. Then what about Roanoke? I'd put Roanoke. And then I'd put Hotel. And what about Freak Show? Oh, and then I'd put Freak Show. Would you put Freak Show at the bottom? Yeah. Worse than Roanoke? Mm, I'd say... No, I thought Roanoke was actually alright. I don't know. That's the one that I remember. I think that might it have felt, been the first series that we saw weird, together. Though. It and felt I, like a TV show, like a yeah, like a found footage TV show. I just remember show. not being there, invested in Roanoke. No, but I think I was more enjoyed that than Freak Show. I don't know. We're so we're about three quarters of the way through Freak Show together, and I'm quite enjoying it. I have no, no desire to actually go back and finish watching it. It's weird. Do you want to just skip to the next series? Maybe. I've what I've watch through American Horror Story probably about five or six times and every time I get to a freak show I can't even sit through it. What is it about freak show that you don't like? I don't know, there's just like um I think it's the kind of the setting they're in anyway. I find it very tacky. I think it's a bit try hard. I feel like it's a bit try hard. And I think the least the like the least favourite kind of like horror concept is like it's like circusy kind of you know yeah i think it's like a bit overdone clown massacre funhouse massacre or whatever do you know what i mean yeah but like i do enjoy horror movies with clowns yeah it's just like that kind of fairground but then i'm thinking of um us and in that fairground but that was a bit different i think yeah that wasn't really the central setting i suppose no it's like about it i find it really tacky and I also find it weird, I mean, I find it very, something grating on it that they've got actual people who are born with, like, physical deformities. Does that feel unethical to you? That feels very... Casting ex- them as, as freaks. As freaks. It feels, and then when they were hanging up the sign for the two-headed girl, whatever, they were hanging the sign up, do you remember? And yeah. that car went past and they were saying, freaks. But then I was thinking, it's really weird because... You've got the woman who's really tall, who I assume is she's just really tall. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming she's a real person. You've got the guy, the seal man, or whatever his name is. The lobster. Oh, seal with man. The, oh, with the little arms. Yeah, with the yeah. little arms. You've got, like... Um, the little pinheads. The pinheads, the dwarfs. And then you've got Evan Peters, and he's, they're shouting freaks to them. And I think, you know, this is a really weird thing. It feels quite not very nice. Sort of exploitative exploitative and it's I think the worst thing about it is the fact that they've got normal actors in there with it I think if they just had it like as true to events as they could with people who actually you know would have been in freak shows then I'd be like they're taking back yeah the power really do you think if if they hadn't also cast Evan Peters as one of them yeah and like Jessica Lang as well it's like and I guess the bearded woman and the bearded woman but then I guess like Jessica Lang, her one isn't so much she's born with a disability. Yeah. So that one's a little bit more passable. And I don't think the strong man is a strong man either. He doesn't even look that strong. Yeah. But like it felt weird with Ellen Peters having these weird hands and it being based on a real person. It just felt really tacky. Yeah. Speaking of exploitation, um, kind of going off topic a bit, is the undateables exploitative? I would say to a point, yeah, because I reckon a lot of people don't watch that show and think, oh, it's so nice, people finding out. I reckon a lot of people watch it and, like, take the piss. And just sort of find it funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because 
and it's not even sounded to be mean. Like, you can clearly tell some people aren't finding it as easy to, like, bounce off each other. Yeah. You can notice it. Yeah, it's quite uncomfortable sometimes. It is, isn't it? Yeah. But then, like, when we when me and Seb started dating, like, Seb had this thing where he couldn't look me in the eye. Yeah. And I thought it was a bit weird. Because it was a bit weird. Yeah, I suppose. Like, we'd be talking and I'd be looking at him and he'd be, like, looking off to the distance. And that's, you know thing you'd probably people would probably laugh at that thinking it's a bit weird you know not a bit weird but it's you know it's a bit strange to see that i feel like it's the same with that show like they're taking everyone's like most awkward trait yeah and kind of like exploiting it for because i'd say people are going to watch that and laugh yeah i mean even we kind of laugh at the you know the man that loves trains and he's saying i wish Women could run on a timetable like a train because that's not something that a normal sp- person says. And the thing is, a lot of them are funny. Yeah. Like a lot of them are making jokes, but then it's like, you are you know, laughing with them or at them. And it's like the guy on the NHS advert who with a little round head. He's got a round head. He's kind of balding. And like me and Seb have made jokes saying he's a bit of a bird-looking man. He looks a bit like a vulture. Yeah, a bit like a bird. And we're just saying that in the comfort of our own home. But, like, people are actively sending him hate, like, death threats. I'm thinking, what is actually the point? You're just being nasty. Like, obviously you can do it in your own home and just, like, be like, oh, you know, he's a bit of a strange-looking man. But then everyone's a bit strange-looking. Do you know what I mean? Like, I look a bit like a slug sometimes when I'm sat down. But it doesn't mean people should send me hate mail is not fair really is it yeah but i feel like a show where it's kind of taking people's awkward thing and using that for i don't know it's weird it's a weird show to watch yeah it's i know you mean like it's very watchable but yeah it feels a bit like taking the piss it's like when there's a weird kid in the class and like one of the popular kids tries to be their friend and it's just to take the piss out of them. Yeah, it's like, on the one hand, the it's weird good. kid's got a friend now. But... Yeah. It's like when you watch a YouTube video and it's a guy going up to a homeless man and giving him food. Obviously, it's nice that the homeless man's got food, but you've got a different... Yeah, it's a weird power dynamic. It's yeah. a, you're doing that for a certain reason. Yeah. Like... You know, it's nice that the weird kid's got a friend, but he's doing it to kind of take the piss. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I guess that kind of leads into a quick seven Molly recommend. I think you can just take what we've said in this episode. Eat a chicken and bacon panini. Don't download Shudder. But watch Hounds of Love. Download Shudder, just watch Hounds of Love. Yeah, watch The Invisible Man if you get the chance. I think it's on Amazon Prime if you want to pay for it. Don't let any woodlouse come into your house and let them get away with it because it's not fair. Listen to the new Kesher album if you want, but don't think it's going to be a masterpiece. Uh, I think listen to the new Kesher album if you enjoy Kesher as a person. And I guess watch American Horror Story. Uh, Don't watch Freak Show though. Try and watch some of those YouTubers on YouTube, the horror ones. They They do tend to be like pretty interesting yeah. if you're up for a scare because sometimes like it's so boring just to watch the normal stuff like you want to be intense and it's quite a boring time at the moment being stuck indoors so try something different yeah 
So that was our first podcast in about six months. Um, I don't know whether we're going to keep it going weekly or just when we feel like it. Um, I got a couple episodes that I'd like to do. Um, you don't like the idea of doing a Plantasia episode? No, or Art School Confidential. To be honest, we did get in a giant Facebook comment argument about Plantasia, in which I dragged in all of my co-workers. And all, pretty much all of them agreed with me that music for plants is shit. Aside from Heather, who I'll give you a shout out now, Heather, thank you for backing me up. Thanks to everyone who agreed with the right side, I guess. Um, do you have any advice for people during these trying times? Um, just try and stay in. I mean, I know it's not very nice, but like, safer to stay in. I mean, don't go... For some reason, loads of people were at Moab Gardens the other day, like, having picnics, which I think, you know, taking the piss a little bit. We are in the middle of a global crisis. It's not time to just go out with your mates. And I'm talking, like, multiple people from different families. It's not the time to just go to a park and have a picnic. Yeah. Even if you want to. Like, just have a barbecue in your back garden. Don't invite any other people who aren't in your family. Don't be a dick. Um, and my words of wisdom, I think now more than ever, it's a time for indulgence. I think maybe you might feel guilty for watching 10 hours of YouTube or for doing eating, wet, loads. eating loads or watching Netflix all day and not leaving the house. And, you know, I get that. I'm, I feel guilty if I haven't been productive. But now is a good time to guilt-free, do all the things that you're not meant to do. Look at your phone all day if you want. Look at Facebook. Unless you start feeling that's doing you no good. But, you know, indulge in as many memes as you want. doesn't matter if you're wasting especially, time. Especially if you're getting paid for it, you might as well. Yeah. Like, we waited to get my prescription and we were in the queue for an hour and I was thinking, well, this is what work is paying me to do, to yeah. queue, in, queue for an hour for my prescription. Just take it all in. We've watched, you know, five hours of true crime videos on YouTube. That's what work's paying us for at the moment, so... Yeah, we've got a roast in the oven. We can chill. It's been nice to have some time with Seb where we're not driving 400 miles up country. Yeah. Like, it's nice just to have some time alone with Maurice, with Seb. So I guess I'll leave it with make the most of it while we can because we're not going to get an opportunity like this to do jack shit for a while. But if you want to complain about it, you can, if you want, if it makes you feel better. But just remember, people are still out there doing their jobs because... They need to. Unless don't be, like, pissy that you're in, stuck inside. Like, people don't want to be working a 14-hour shift at a supermarket. Yeah, let's shout out the supermarket workers, because you think yeah. they're not getting enough respect. I think, although the NHS are doing a good job, I think people in corner shops, butchers, fishmongers, you know, pharmacists even, they're doing a good job. You know, not getting recognised. They're not getting the same recognition. Like, if you work at ASDA or if you work in the NHS saving people's lives, you're both saving people's lives. People need food to live. You know, I used to work in a spa shop and we figured that if I still work there, you know, I'd still be doing my shifts there. And I'm thinking, they are putting their lives on the line, being there, seeing so many people come through their doors. Like, they deserve honestly deserve like the same recognition as nurses they're still doing their job so we'll leave it on that shout out for the supermarket workers but stay, stay small safe shops stay inside 
Look at your phone as much as you want. Just chill. And good night. The show's opening theme song, Bicycle Weather, as well as its closing song, Even Pinker, performed by Pickle Darling. The album Bigness is available now on Z Tapes Records.